Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. This week on the podcast, we have Dr. Sally Bell back again for part two. Um, functional medicine practitioner, doctor for 20 years, and we talked an awful lot in part one and if you haven't make sure you do check that one out we'll put all that in the show notes but this part two we cover everything from fasting vegan keto the best things that you can eat tim even asks us um what's our favorite nut <laughs> just a light in the mood halfway through there's some heavy stuff in here and it definitely is going to sort of uh, for a lot of people challenge your current practices make you reflect on those a little bit in a really positive way sally will talk about the main uh, five pillars that she uses around living a healthy fulfilled lifestyle um, and we'll let her explain that as we get into the podcast but yeah sit back and enjoy this one guys and and, and again the, the highlight for us is before you go into this is just to take away small things which you can start to implement we're not going to say necessarily think it's a great idea to overhaul absolutely everything that you're doing just start to think about what can i do where am i at a little bit of a self-audit i guess yeah I mean, it covers like we cover a number of different topics that you'll be able to take little bits from of each and that's, i guess one of the big things that came about was having balance to not just our nutrition but balance to all of those five foundations that um sally talks about and just opening up our eyes and, and just thinking about what what changes progressively could I make and can I make some better decisions or not or can I at least be better informed about the decisions I'm going to make with improving my health wellness and yeah, nutrition one, one thing I love about this conversation is if you if you boil it all down it becomes really simple it's it's a really beautiful um way of doing things but it's, like Jacko says it just incorporates everything around that you've got going on in your life it's not about strict and rigidity and being fixed on certain things it's about embracing embracing the complexity and enjoying and learning to enjoy it so I hope you enjoy this podcast roll the jingle So we have Dr. Sally Bell back on the podcast for part two. Welcome again, Sally. Thank you. It's a big moment, actually. <laughs> Sally Bell, Dr. Sally Bell, is the first guest yeah. ever to get invited back for a repeat visit. That must news. mean... The, the a good one. Episode the one questions went down well. uh, and the feed, the questions were flooding in. The feedback was amazing. For those that haven't um, listened to part one, make sure you do check out that first, or well, either first or secondly, because we may reference a few things potentially uh, from there. But Sally, for those that didn't, yeah. um, and, and it'll be good for everyone to have a little bit of a fresh recap. Can we just go through? very sort of quickly before we get stuck into some real meat of the things that we didn't cover last time and some yeah. of the questions uh, those those five foundations that go beyond you know a lot of the questions about nutrition but it goes way beyond um that from and, and what and just a quick one on the sort of functional health perspective yeah so um for those that are only just tuning in so i've been a medical doctor now for 20 years and um and over the years was having increasing frustration around the focus um, on the many different parts of the body instead of looking at the whole. And also our, we're very trained to look at symptoms and we're very trained to treat diseases, but sometimes we're treating disease and not a person. And, um, and so, yeah, the frustration had grown over the years. I lost my own health and realized that um, the system wasn't really working for me and medication wasn't the answer. And, and it was through 
true that I that I sort of fell into this world of functional medicine, which really is looking at root cause. So it's asking the question of looking at the whole of you and what's going on in your body that's causing the disease instead of just looking at the symptoms. And when we look at um, kind of disease and the cause for especially sort of modern day chronic disease, we now understand that about 80% of the reason that we get unwell is because of our lifestyle. Um, and therefore, for me, I've sort of created a framework with my clients and patients where I talk about five foundations um, that impact our health. And that would be um, sleep, movement, rest, um, connection. So connection with self, connection with others, connection with purpose and nutrition as well. Um, and there is just an incredible amount of evidence for each of those foundations about how they can um, switch genes on and off um, for disease and for wellness um, and move us you know towards health or away from health so just a phenomenal way to practice medicine and seeing some great results saw it in my own life got myself better very quickly and are now seeing it in my um, own client base yeah that's uh, that's a great way to just uh, to sort of summarize just give us those five pillars yeah, again so yeah. So sleep, sleep, movement, movement, connection, connection rest, rest, and nutrition. And nutrition. Yeah, Great. And yeah. a lot of the questions that we've had come down to nutrition and, and probably some of the answers are going to open up to, yeah. it's not just one of these five things it, um, that a lot of the time people we, we focus on. And it's great that we have these questions. We're going to delve into some of those um, throughout the podcast. Um, but I wanted to kick off with one uh, relatively large topic around that we didn't get the chance to last time around fasting um intermittent fasting has been a relatively sort of buzz thing within the sort of health and fitness space um people may or may not have tried it um can we can we just sort of open up around like positive benefits like why or even for some people like really you know when i was talking to, to tim before and, and one of uh one of our students that came to the work uh, the retreat at the weekend around um he, he used to do bodybuilding and i was i'd had the same sort of thing drilled into me as a, as a young lad trying to get bigger and stronger for rugby that he had to eat every three hours and if he didn't eat every three hours then you'd start losing your gains you'd literally start you'd be catabolic and you start losing muscle mass um and that might be there'll be people listening that can that can relate to that and i've since relaxed an awful lot more compared to trying to make sure i could eat every three hours yeah um, someone's just dropped a protein shake right now <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, that, that yeah. is almost the opposite yeah. of uh, yeah. fasting, specifically trying to set time where we don't eat. Like what, why would we be doing that? What's the benefits? Um, just to answer your, your guy who's eating all that protein, we don't actually start breaking our protein da down until three days after a water fast. So you're okay. Like, um, and uh, in terms of fasting, everyone should be fasting with some few exceptions in terms of illnesses. So if you're pregnant, if you've got eating disorders, if you've got thyroid issues, um, I wouldn't recommend it or if you're malnourished. But How long, sorry, how long, because like, I... I ate something about an hour and a half ago. So for the last hour and a half, I've been fasting. But yeah. have I? Like, what, what, what's, um, um, it, it's sort of joking, but also, yeah. but not in the way of going like, yeah. what, what constitutes 
Like how long constitutes a fast? Yeah, I think it really depends on the individual. But basically, it's the shift from when we're using sugar to when we're using fat as a substrate to um, energize our bodily functions. And that will be different for different people. Um, And so the question, like, should we be fasting? Absolutely. Like the health benefits are just phenomenal. And we'll, we'll list those in a moment. How you fast, I don't think it matters whether we're intermittently fasting, whether we're time restricted eating, whether you do a water fast once a day, once a week um, whether you're doing a prolonged fast every three or four months or whether like some cultures they calorie restrict long term you know look at the okinawa in japan um, they they finish eating when they're 80 percent full and their total calorie consumption is a lot lower than other cultures and they have uh they're, they're one of the blue zones in the world where they're living a lot longer and have a lot less um disease so so they strategically stop eating when they're about 80 percent full. full and how do they yeah. figure that out so it's, it's a cultural thing. They they no. have a thing. They're listening. They're mindful. They're they're aware of their body. They're aware of what they're eating, and they have a practice where they only eat until they're eighty percent full. But even in the other cultures, some of these other blue zones where they calorie restrict. Um, it is associated with longevity calorie restriction in the absence of malnutrition so that would be the key thing but benefits of um of of fasting so yes fat loss um, because you're going to start using fat as a substrate um you're going to lose body weight um you're going to improve your cholesterol uh you're going to reduce inflammation um there's evidence in rat studies it reduces neuroinflammation and w- which can be a mechanism for some diseases like alzheimer's and depression and anxiety uh, it it stimulates your anti-aging genes um so which we can talk about the benefits of that it uh, boosts your immunity um so you um produce a lot a lot more of your immune cells that uh, mediate your immunity um and also um it it uh, uh it makes you sensitive to insulin again and we also know that um, insulin resistance is one of the mechanisms for a number of diseases cancer heart disease obesity and what have you so phenomenal science and lots of studies sort of in the lab with animals with mammals in humans as well um, but i really don't think how we do that really matters um, for me, um, I do time-restricted eating, so I function really well not eating breakfast, so I eat at midday, and I'll stop eating at 8 o'clock, um, and, and I don't calorie restrict, I eat what I want in that, t- well, yes, what I want <laughs> in terms of what <laughs> I believe degree, yeah. to be healthy, no, but I'm not calorie restricting, I'm yeah. not watching what I'm eating, but I just eat, eat in that, that window, time window frame, but for some person it might, they love breakfast, they might start eating 8 o'clock in the morning, but they finish at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they give their, their body a break. Also wonderful in terms of your gut microbiome, which is Yeah, that was one of the topic. things, that was my sort of um, understanding, or the, in my head what makes sense is the idea of giving your intestines and giving your digestive system yeah. um, a, basically a bit of a break rather yeah. than making it work all the time. Um, and that, that's, that, as, that as, a, as an idea or as a concept makes sense to me and, and hence why I've, um, I guess, bought into it a bit and I've, I've played around uh, with it as well. And... Get, just wanted to to follow up on that, and you said yeah. at the end there about um, the benefits on your, yeah. your your gut bacteria, which is again is a is a we touched Massive a little bit on topic. last time, but a big, yeah, a topic. Yeah. But just to mm. just to give people a little bit of um, mm. understanding about 
what that fast is actually doing at that level and yeah. why that is important. So our gut, we have to remember it's not just about digesting our nutrition and get rid of toxins like our gut bacteria help um, make our um, neurotransmitters, so our happy hormones. Um, 70% of our immunity is found in our gut, so that ability to fight infection, to fight cancer. Um, they make these little short chain fatty acids, which are really important molecules for communication in our body. And, and so um, they've got other jobs to do. So at a gross level, like, yes, your, your gut's got other stuff to do. You know, giving it a rest from constantly digesting is just going to, to, going to help that. Um, so, yeah. And is it, in terms of that, you, you can, a number of different fasting options that you've got. Yeah. So as you're, you're the one that you do would normally be sort of like often referred to as 16, eight, so 16 yeah. hours of not eating, eight yeah. hours of, of eating in terms of like getting the benefits you mentioned around, it doesn't really matter which one you're doing. Do you need to start to think about if you're going to go like a, a 16, eight sort of protocol, you're doing that daily rather than more of an extreme three day or longer fast period, like a water fast or something like once a month, is it, is it sort of like you, it's either small, small fasting windows more frequently, or you could just do like a longer period yeah. is there I don't, any think, I the don't think the research is is there yet that is comparing these different types of fasting but the research does demonstrate that all types of fasting are of benefit to us yeah. and I think you know we've talked before about it's what we do over decades that is impacting our longevity and helps us reduce um, all those awful chronic diseases that are out there. And so it's something that works for you. And I found something that works for me. I hate water fasts. Like I get to day two and I'm just the mother from hell. So, <laughs> so it doesn't work for me where I found something that works for me. And I probably do that four days a week. And then, you know, at the weekend, I kind of, you know, it's more about family and eating together and, you know, celebration and using food for that. So um, it is finding something that works for you as a family um so that you can do it over the long term yeah i guess one of the things you said there is it's you're connecting what a few of those foundations together that that not just from a fasting perspective it might be important for that nutrition foundation but when you're talking about like connection and being with family yeah. that actually doing something that's going to then impact pot badly or negatively yeah. one of those other foundations like making sure you've got that blend right yeah. is that Absolutely. So we know that social isolation, um, you know, is more potent in terms of heart disease than smoking and um, hypertension and diabetes. So if your nutrition plan is socially isolating you, making you really weird and unable to sit around a table and have pizza with friends or whatever it is, then, yeah, it's going to undo all of that wonderful work of all the wonderful things that you've put in your body. And so, um, yeah, it has to be you know, our nutrition has to work in terms of lifestyle and family and community. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's, I mean, when I hear those, I've heard a few like stats like that before and it just, it does blow my mind a bit. Yeah. I'm sure so there'll be at least one person whose mind's also blown going like, yeah. what, that it's not just about what we put in the yeah. body. It's like how we're no. doing it and all these yeah. other sort of, yeah. uh, external factors that are not strictly no. like, it's got nothing to do with nutrition. And it's, and it's not just, you know, airy fairy science or yeah. a nice philosophy. Like this is, you know, there's these areas called genomics and it's looking at all of these different things that we do in life and how that switches genes on and off, which basically, you know, controls our body. And, um, so, and, it, and it's understood at a scientific level that things like connection, 
connection, um, connection with yourself, you know, being present and mindful, connection with sense of purpose, you know, um, directly impacts our genetics, which then, you know, plays itself out in our in our body. So just phenomenal. I think there's a really interesting point there about making sure that your nutritional eating habits, if you want to call them that, do fit in with your lifestyle. I, mean, yeah. I know, for, for example, for me, there'll be times when I might have just woke up in the morning and decided that I'm going to fast this morning, but I can see that Corin really wants to sit down and have breakfast together. So mm. if I sit there and go, no, no, I'm fasting this morning, that's going to have like, it's not a negative thing that we're going to have, yeah. a, have a, an issue, but it's just, yeah, yeah. I know that she'll be disappointed sometimes. I just yeah. want to sit and have breakfast with you, Tim. Like, yeah. that's not a big thing for us to do. Like, we're busy and, and whatever. Yeah. But if you get really ingrained, I've been really stuck in nutritional habits before in the past. But I'm so much more flexible now, just going, you know, I'm going to take the opportunity to sit and have breakfast with my wife. Yeah. And I'll just fast the next day because yeah. that's going to fit in a bit better with what my diary might yeah. look like. Yeah. Um, anything on that? And then my second question is, dovetail this through, is, is it easy to upset a fast or, or derail it? So say, for example, I did this the day, fasting, had a coffee, had milk in the coffee. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> I've ruined it. Because I've now got something to digest. <laughs> like, how easy is it to derail it? Because sometimes, to be honest, I've almost stopped drinking coffee in the morning because I don't yeah. really... I'm, I'm, I'm off caffeine at the moment anyway. Yeah. Different story. Um, but black coffee just so doesn't really just do drop it for me. coffee then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah... It, yeah, black coffee doesn't really do it for me. So I'm like, yeah. I'm drinking, I'm not drinking it for the caffeine. I'm drinking yeah. it because I like it. So I might as well just drink it later in the day yeah. and not have one in the morning. So if you look at um, some of the research around the 5-2 diet, so that's where um, two days of the week you would calorie restrict. So um, it's not about fasting. It's just you're reducing your calorie intake for two days of the week. And the rest of the time, it's a kind of Mediterranean diet that they recommend. Um, and that has all of these benefits. So actually, mm. your um, fasting day may well be a calorie restriction day. You still get the benefits. Uh, okay. So, yeah. and I and I think in terms of that piece about you know whether you sit with your wife and um, do you know stress will undo all of our great diets. Mm. You know when you're stressed, like the response is you know from when we're you know running away from the lion and what have you and when you're running away from the lion you do not need your gut functioning you need to run fast and <laughs> yeah. you need to be hyper alert you know you need your blood pressure up you need your heart rate up um so so and it's all diverted away from gut function now we don't have lions chasing us we have arguments at the kitchen table and you know and traffic and kids that are driving us mad and <laughs> but it's the same response and so again that context if we can get so uptight about what we're eating but if we're so uptight that we're so stressed about it, it doesn't really matter what you're eating. And you're not enjoying social situations uh, yeah, because you're so, the one who's not. So like, it is yeah. again like let's have context about this. Let's have things that are going to, um, you know, it's going to sustain us in the long term. And um, let's hold these things loosely. You know, keep learning and keep trying these things. I'm not saying everybody should just eat a crap diet, but um, I, I'm just trying to bring some balance around around sometimes how upset we can get about the nutrition piece yeah i really think like we've spoken about this before jacko and gone people like a hard diet almost the harder it is the better it's going to be and when yeah. what i love so much about what you're talking around is it's actually just bringing back common sense like and just flexibility and just eating and, and just living in a way which is just far more balanced rather than going, I'm doing this strict diet, I can't possibly deviate from this diet yeah. because it's really hard. Mm. Yeah. But actually, like, for me, just going, well, you're going to fast. Just don't fast because mm. there's some other benefits going on and don't worry about it. Yeah, well, you're considering 
The, the first scenario you said with that, that there is only looking at one of those uh, of Sally's foundations, like the nutrition side of it, and it's not mm. actually considering the impact of all the other elements that yeah. do impact on our health. Yeah. My um, final question on fasting is yeah. for if somebody... Um, so we, we, we've, we've got the concept of... the there's not one hard and fast, yeah. excuse the pun, way of doing it. Yeah. Um, that we can. There's various yeah. different ways, and we need to be a bit flexible. But if someone, um, someone's sort of uh, been thinking about it, and they're going, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try a little bit of fasting. Yeah. What some some tips uh, for yeah. someone of um, how they could maybe have a go, yeah. feel, see what they, see if it makes any difference. And within that, do you have any? Um, uh, what's the right word? I think it's like adapted fasting. You know, like so. There's somewhere it's like you said that like the water, like a water fast. So like you can only have water, nothing else. Or is there any uh, versions where yeah there are certain things allowed? Or what what could people try with? Yeah. So I think um, one just to say you can drink water. You can drink black tea and coffee. Um, so that's always a good idea because if you, especially if you are using caffeine on a regular basis, if you do a fast and and stop drinking caffeine you'll feel very unwell um so so you could that be a sign that you may be having too much caffeine (laughs) could be um so and then i would try something like a 12-hour window initially just get used to stop eating at eight o'clock at night and waiting until eight o'clock in the morning i mean most of that you're going to be asleep so it makes it very easy so and then i think the next step would be once a week to extend that so depending on how you're wired you know if you're a morning person you need to eat then you stop eating at four o'clock in the afternoon and you go through to the next morning if you're like me and you find it really easy not to have breakfast then will you extend it till 11 or 12 o'clock and you find you know that kind of habit i i think going straight for a water only fast is really hard work personally there's lots of changes that go on in your body reading up about what to expect and how it makes you feel until you feel great because you don't feel great till about day three or day four um so it's worth you know getting your head around some of that to prepare yourself to do that so i help yeah, that's, pretty quite, that's, so, that's pretty hardcore someone if you're going in for like a three four five yeah what's the what's the sort of longest they and my husband's done a 40 day 40 yeah yeah you won't believe it now i've got but a then, as a but just as a general thing what is there a as an, is there a recommended like from people that are massive advocates of, of like long water fasts that is it like I was assuming it wouldn't even be as far as five days but that was just I don't yeah I don't know the answer to that question yeah I'd have to go and look at yeah. the sort of research but if you look at a lot of ancient um practices you know in different religions you know extending fasting is usually a part of all of them and one of the things that I'm learning is that science seems to be catching up with a lot of these ancient wisdoms <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we yeah. are actually We're explaining them that, so yeah. so I uh, it wouldn't surprise me that that, that within certain contexts it probably does have its benefit but I, I don't know the science I've got a friend who did a um was, I think he was aiming for three days or five day water fast and in the evening of day two found himself downstairs in the kitchen at 2am in the morning eating a cold tin of plum tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) he's just like I've had enough and I'm like that's bleak that's what he's come to why would you go come to I thought there was nothing in the fridge I think that was it yeah and he just said it was just one of the most he said it felt horrendous yeah you do you do feel horrendous it's a real big shift you're getting rid of loads of toxins um, especially if you're used to taking caffeine and um, you, you do have a feel like terrible flu um, 
uh, uh, yeah so like when you do the ketogenic diet it's a it's a fasting mimicking diet in mm. a way so and they uh, would talk a about much better word than i said yeah fasted mimicking, fasting yeah. mimicking diet yeah so there are ways to do that so ketogenic diet would be one of that but they will talk about um you know having keto flu on sort of day two day three as your body's transitioning away from using sugar and using fat and yeah. i think some of this comes down to we've talked before about progressive overload in training and i think the point you make about just starting off small with fasting because if, if, if you asked me to fast for a day i'd find that fairly straightforward because i've played around with not eating for half a day and once you've done that you can start to extend it out but even for me thinking about not eating for three days yeah. and especially because some of the most of the side effects that you're mentioning makes it sound even more terrifying mm. so it's got to them for me I, i've got to cut to um You've got to contextualize it and go, that's just going to be a really positive thing to do. Yeah. And my last point on, on fasting, I think, that I really like from a training perspective um, and just general lifestyle is it, it, when I first started playing around with it, it taught me to understand better when I was hungry or when I just fancied having yeah. something to eat because I'm bored. And if you can understand the difference, because normally you wake up in the morning, is it is ghrelin, the, is it the hormone that's, that's high in the morning, which kind of the one you want to overcome yeah Yeah. and then when i first started playing around with it it was suggest have a coffee because that sort of suppresses your appetite a little bit makes it a little bit easier um but once you sort of understand that that does go away even if you don't have a coffee Mm. and it's just you're not actually hungry drink Mm. some water then i I find that much better for me during periods of training or if you try to change body composition or whatever just going actually i'm just more aware of what my body's asking me for yeah. throughout the day yeah. and it's easy for me to go no I just don't have that snack you don't actually need it you're not hungry you just fancy eating it because it's nice yeah mm-hmm. and I've, I've found it positive going from that phase of being like you have to eat every three hours and where you, you're eating when you're not actually that hungry and force feeding yourself a little bit at times when when you're when you're being like that but you I guess we're a little bit misled by almost like the bro science side of things but um the one of the things that it's taught me is that the the sensation of, like you say, readjusting that like level of when am I hungry and when am I not, and actually feeling hungry yeah. and being like, that's all right, rather than feeling hungry thinking, oh, I must be I must be losing all my gains, and actually just have, being comfortable with the sensation of feeling hungry and it's not a disaster, mm. and actually maybe having a drink of water and and then that be feeling better and going, oh, actually I wasn't hungry, I was just probably a bit dehydrated, mm. um, you know, or, or something like that. Is hangry a medical term? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people get hungry and angry. Yeah, I do. no, yeah. Well, that's to do with our high sugar diets. Oh, so, is it? Yeah, so oh. our, our sugars basically, well, I'd have to tell a whole story about sugars and insulin. Well, well, uh, well two of the questions we had, <laughs> um, one, and they probably sort of go together because you mentioned keto. Yeah. And we had a question from uh, Jane, uh, Ben James Ernest on Instagram, yeah. Ben underscore James underscore Ernest, about the pros and cons of keto. Yes. And you mentioned there is a, a fasting mimicking style of diet. Yes. We have had questions um, about anti-cancer, and I know there is some evidence around that. Um, and then Paul uh, from the virtual classroom, Paul underscore H77 on Instagram, asked um for ways to we he knows that he needs to be off sugar well that's what his question was around not whether sugar is good or bad it was ways to wean off sugar presumably because yeah. he's finding it difficult as a lot okay. of us yeah, do but they're two big questions two big questions <laughs> but they're like 
Yeah. Whether because you know, like keto yeah. being related to yes. non-sugar. Yes. Um, no, absolutely. So the ketogenic well, diet, just to define it, is when we're using fat as a substrate, and so people will eat things that don't release sugars into their bloodstream. So not just you know the white sugar but also root vegetables and whole grains and they take that all out of their diet um and they might still have you know vegetables but they will be the low low very low carb ones and um and yes it mimics fasting so it has some of the same benefits that we've discussed around um just normal fasting or intermittent fasting so it is of benefit and Personally, I use it medically for certain conditions short term. So in obesity, um, it can be helpful um, in things like epilepsy. So severe epilepsy where you can't control it with drugs or if people don't want to use drugs, it's also benefit. They used it in the 40s and 50s in the 19th century, the 1900s. Um, and type 2 diabetes? Yes, type 2 diabetes would be another one. And um, you can also, there is some evidence around certain brain cancers, astrocytomas, when they're at a very advanced stage, that there may be some benefit. Um, I don't think there is the evidence that ketogenic diets will um, uh reverse or stop cancer or cure cancer um, certainly there's some evidence around using fasting or fasting mimicking diets during therapy to reduce um, the side effects of therapy but that isn't about increasing um, lifespan or cure rate or anything like that as far as i know um oh now i've got lost jack no, i did i watched well, I, well, I, I watched a program. I think it was a, I think it was a Netflix one. I'm going to forget what the name of it is now. The Magic Pill. The Magic Pill. And it's actually not about magic pills. It was um, it was not strictly about keto, but there was there was one lady that had uh, breast cancer yeah. and went very like strict um, keto. Yeah. And when she she went, but didn't didn't have any medication or anything, and she yeah. went back and had a, a completely clear scan, and the yeah. doctors were like, yeah couldn't believe it so i i mean i've met patients that's a sample size of one yeah a sample size of one but every you know theory and science starts with the sample sample size of one so it's a good place to ask some questions um equally i have met numerous patients who have done the ketogenic diet not had conventional medication and get so sick they're beyond palliative chemotherapy so we have to always remember those stories too that don't make it to netflix um so uh so and i you know i have patients who i have met whose cancer has gone because they've radically changed things in their lifestyle but we just at the moment don't understand how to switch off the cancer gene yet we know lifestyle influences you know and switches on and off our genes but i just don't think we're there quite yet Um, but it is important and with all of my cancer patients that i see i i go really hard and you know after the nutrition and their sleep and you know sleep and the risk of cancer is you know massive when we don't get enough sleep so again it's about all of those foundations do you think the ultimate the cure is going to come hopefully one day we will find that we've got excellent care for for people with cancer and then we can get our treatment rates or survival rates to be like i don't know completely i don't know (laughs) maybe um but it very much sounds like it's going to be a two-pronged approach you think that it's going to be definitely people starting to understand more about lifestyle factors functional medicine approach combined with 
yeah. a medical approach in terms of chemotherapy and, and the different sorts of treatments available from that route that is going to become a, like a dovetail package almost. Yeah, I think what will happen is we will personalise your care to what your cancer is doing and be able to identify... I mean, I'm not a cancer expert, but... Th- yeah, it's about personalising what your cancer is, then targeting treatment. At the moment, chemotherapy is just kill everything. Yeah. And, and, and it does work and people do survive and we mustn't despise that because that's what we have at the moment. But the way things are advancing, yes, it's getting far more about targeted therapy that targets your kind of cancer. And we have to remember, we have our own cancer surveillance system and people are always surprised when I say this. And so we want that working way before we get cancer so every day when our cells are either broken or um you know and actually this fits in with fasting Mm. um you have a a mechanism called autophagy and actually fasting stimulates this um, and it goes around and gobbles up all those broken cells now for that to happen it's dependent on certain nutrients you know magnesium and some b vitamins and what have you and and so you know it, it is really important that actually lifestyle can prevent us from getting cancer and certainly the evidence around stopping cancer recurrence I think up to you know sort of lifestyle would have up to 65 reduce the risk of recurrence by up to 65 percent when you get those lifestyle things in place and and there isn't a drug in the land that can do that so um yeah the the cancer question we can often we we were talking about keto and we've gone off and uh, but I just wanted sometimes it's like um there isn't just one solution for cancer yeah yeah and the the um, relating that to to fasting around yes. that that sort of recovery process yeah. being i'd i'd come across someone sort of trying to say in around the sort of 12th 13th hour of fasting is that uh, what as do a you get the benefit or? yeah that, that of that sort of um mopping up of broken right, i don't cells know the answer to okay. that no um well we're going so, back to your questions that they oh, asked so, we did yeah so the, no so you've covered a lot of non-cancer yeah, the, keto, the, but the um, second one with the guy oh, well, asked just on on the keto yeah so the, the other one relating to um getting off positive sugar. benefits again of sugar and so if 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 um we covered a lot about sugar on part one so yeah. check that out if you haven't yeah um benefit of keto being that obviously it's, yeah. it's very minimal to none in that yes what would be and you when you were talking about keto they've been using it for like sort of uh, a shorter or a certain period of time yeah. rather than sort of a diet you're going to suggest potentially forever yeah what are some of the potential downsides then yeah. if there are yeah. of doing it for like long long yeah. long periods of time yeah so i mean one there's a few things one um so your thyroid, which is, which controls your metabolism and your energy, um, in order for it to go from your thyroid hormone to its activated um, form, your T3, it needs insulin. So the ketogenic diet is the whole point is you don't stimulate insulin because you're not not got sugar. So so you'd have to watch things like your thyroid function, and it's not nice. suitable for people who have thyroid issues or hormonal issues. Um, I. And again, my observation from my own clients that do ketogenic diets, and I'm not sure there is evidence around this, I'm just observing it, is that it changes their microbiome. So recently I had a chap, obese, hypertensive, high cholesterol, did the ketogenic diet, not through me, somebody else had suggested that, lost lots of weight, his blood pressure had come down, his cholesterol had come down, you know, he was feeling fantastic. 
And then he started not feel so fantastic and came to see me and his cholesterol was climbing. And, um, and actually, I think when we got down to it, the issue is he had changed his microbiome so significantly and hadn't had through, all... Through that period through, of keto. Yeah, through yeah. that period of keto. Hadn't been supplementing, wasn't getting all, you know, the wonderful antioxidants that you can get from, you know, different vegetables. And, but also like whole grains and things like that, they have beta-glucans, which are really important for your gut microbiome. They feed off it, which is important for cholesterol. And so actually I ended up with him um, because he loved eating like that and he felt great is we kept nearly all refined carbohydrates out of his diet. So anything made with flour, we introduced some whole grain um, rice and a little bit of um, gluten free whole grain oats and allowed some root vegetables back into his diet and and his cholesterol started to get back to normal again. And 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 so I my my concern is that actually, you know, whole grains and having some sugar and insulin, it has other roles. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, and also I don't think, probably some of your viewers will get, might disagree, but I, I'm not sure how sustainable it is, like doing keto really well for really long times. My astrocytoma patients who have got brain cancer, who have to go on it long term, it's pretty miserable for them when they've got families and what have you. So again, I'm always trying to find things that work. I'm sure there's some people that are geared like that and that's fine, but I do have some health concerns around what that might be doing long term, but definitely short term. It's a wonderful therapy, really effective, great health hack when you're trying to lose weight or reverse your diabetes or so it does have its place. Or a a type of fasting, as you said. Yeah. I mean, Um, you don't have to do ketogenic. You could just do, you know, intermittent fasting and probably have the same benefits. Whilst we know you're probably really enjoying the podcast, there's something else that we think you will also really enjoy. And that is the virtual classroom. If you're a beginner, we have got an eight-week free beginner's program designed to help you start your calisthenics journey where you're going to learn how to move better, get superhuman strong and have a lot of fun along the way. If you're ready to take your training to the next level and learn some of the iconic calisthenics movements like a frog to handstand or a muscle up, then inside the virtual classroom you are going to find all the training programs and educational information that you need. But rather than keeping you from the podcast for any longer than necessary, head over to schoolofcalisthenics.com where you're going to find a bodyweight training resource which is different to anything else available anywhere. Tim, I think they're ready to get back to the podcast. Yeah, sugar. Coming yeah. off sugar. No, no, no. Then, yeah, so no, no, it's great. It's just sort of um, brings home that importance of having balance to what we're doing, whether that's yeah. like across the whole of those five foundations or, or balance within our yeah. within our diet. And yeah. um, I think it's just like Tim said, people like things either. I think we often like things that are either um, hard sometimes, depending on our personality, but we also like things that are black or white. And almost like we like to have a label, like, I'm going to go and do this thing and that's yeah. going to be me. Yeah. Um, rather than, I think we find it a bit more difficult to be like, oh, well, I can do a bit of this and a bit of that and choose and find out what yeah. works for us. Yeah. Um, I think that involves a little bit of exploring yourself and yeah. a little bit of investment of time in trying different things and seeing what works for you and being yes. aware and listening to our body. Yeah. We'll come back to that mindfulness thing of listening to our body. Um rather than it's much easier to just follow a set of rules that someone gives us to do. Um, But it's potentially not that beneficial to us as individuals. I think we get that. When we get questions about what we eat, and we often go back with a really like 
just a bland answer. It's like, it's really simple. Like, and I, I think people would hope us to go back and go, I'm on a potato and pineapple diet. Yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> that one before. Butter, potato, pineapple, that's me. Get ripped. But yeah. then off the bat, what off the bat? It's quarter to three. What have you had? What were you eating today? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, just out of interest. Um, salmon, eggs for breakfast. Yeah. Um, some almonds. And I've just had a shake because I knew I wasn't going to have lunch because we were working. And in that, do you want me to tell you what was in that? Yeah, go on. Spirulina. Yeah. Uh, grass-fed organic protein <laughs> for the gains. Grass-fed. Um, some raw cacao nibs for chewing. Magnesium, right? Yeah, magnesium. All sorts. Um, and chocolate. Well, yeah, chocolate. Bo- we- Boabab powder for the vitamin C because I'm ill. Raspberries, some banana. You have to put banana and spirulina together. They're a match made in heaven. Otherwise... You're well, drinking pond water. Banana's good without spirulina, but spirulina without banana, like might as well just lick some earth. <laughs> Go in a garden, just get a pond. handful of soil and just drop that in and taste about as appetising. <laughs> and there might have been some, uh, yeah, I just threw a load, but that's it. I've got, I've got little jars in my kitchen and I'm just like, oh, what are you going to have today? Bang, 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 bang. That was it. And that's what I've had to eat today. I um, haven't... What do you, found... what do you think? That, yeah, like that or not? Sounding good. <laughs> I should be into it just straight off the bat. Like I... Fasted this morning. Okay. Um, wasn't, haven't sort of done for the last, haven't done for quite a few days. Um, and then at my sort of middle of the, no, it was about half past 11, had steak. Yes. Steak, egg, mushroom, and spinach. Oh, that's delicious. Have, I've had a I bowl come of earlier. gluten-free <laughs> organic oats with a few other nuts and things in. And uh, that's been me so far today. Sally, what have you had today? I <laughs> had today. So I had black coffee. About six oh, o'clock yeah, in the morning. I had a coffee yeah, with some beautiful when coffee. I got up. my um, kiddies up, and then at about eleven o'clock, had some different nuts, walnuts, salmons. Um, can't remember oh, some Brazil nuts, uh, and then was planning to have lunch before I got here, but got caught up. So <laughs> this is really bad. But I basically had a huge tablespoon of coconut oil because I needed my brain to work. <laughs> Because it's like an immediate source of uh, ketones and it really helps brain health. And I thought, if I've, got to, I've got to speak to you. I've got to get my brain working. Do you know what I think? But is I would eat gr- with my kiddies tonight. A great combo. Coconut oil yeah. and raw cacao nibs. Yes, definitely. On a tablespoon. Get that in your mouth. <laughs> Happy times. Yes. Um, so that's a bit naughty, really. I should have planned better. But... Whilst the mood is lighter. Yes. Oh, favourite yeah. nut. Favourite nut. <laughs> oh, pro- probably Brazil nuts for really? selenium. Oh, oh. The Brazil nuts is actually not a nut. Oh. No, That's peanuts true, not it? a nut. I'm sure it's the Brazil nut no. as well. It's on peanuts. Friends, I'm sure. Peanuts, peanuts, like peanuts and episodes. Some people are very anti Brazil nuts. I think it's bad. I like them. What yeah, I like, like a Brazil nut. Um, I am a fan of the cashew nuts. Oh, yeah. um, also a seed. Oh, is that one? Yeah, it's not actually a nut, it's a seed. Um, <laughs> but the highest carbohydrate nut, nut is, is like... Oh, bun- no, I've changed yeah. my mind. It's but the my- macadamia. Yes, that's oh, me. <laughs> Give me a bag of macadamias I and I am going to just absolutely... You- like, South Africa, when we go, we bring macadamias. You must be no, made of money. If you're from HMRC <laughs> and looking for someone to stop in the <laughs> nothing to declare aisle, um, that's not me with a kilo of macadamias <laughs> in my backpack. <laughs> Half the price that you get over here. So oh, bring about. I want to just give a shout out to the pecan nut. Um, is that, is that like, one a nut? Well, for you, Jacko, then, cashews and pecans, they're like the pudding of nuts, aren't yes, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are. deserve it. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just yeah. found that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Get us back on track, yeah, Jacko, quickly. So we were, the one thing we just didn't um, knock off on that yes. was um, tips for trying to reduce 
our sugar intake. Yes, yeah. Probably me as a kid, I had sugar on my Frosties. Yeah, you. Um, you could say an addict. Um, one thing that I found is that as you, it's, for me, everything is a gradual process, like yeah. in my entire life. Um, and it was a gradual process going from sugar on your Frosties to trying to be pretty low on sugar. Um, and my, your, your taste, even though it's like hard, might be hard at the start, our, our palate and our taste buds have probably changed as we just be age anyway. But like, for instance, I wouldn't ever eat dark chocolate right. before. And now it's a minimum 85. I've actually potentially upped that to 90 um, and love it. Yeah. Whereas I would have, no, I wouldn't eat it. Wouldn't eat it at all before. And it would be like dairy milk all the way or even milky bar. Yeah. Uh, you can train yourself onto anything though, can't you? If you don't like tomatoes and you just eat tomato every day, sooner or later you'll probably start <laughs> eating tomatoes. Yeah, I think with children you have to expose them something up to 30 times before they will, it becomes a part of their natural taste and diet. And oh, really? So, yes. No, a tomato, Tim, is a fruit. <laughs> and that's knowledge. But wisdom is known not to put it in a fruit salad. <sighs> Uh, old Chinese proverb. Brian O'Driscoll said that once. <laughs> um, but so, with sugar, yes, we can tell someone, or you can tell me, um, and it, we can explain the what? mechanisms of why yeah. it's bad. Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean we can actually yeah. stop doing it. Um, yeah. So it's probably that, and then the other thing is, yeah. I think that a lot of people aren't aware of stuff that it's actually in. Like I had people yeah. before going, "Oh yeah, been off sugar for thirty days. Like, what did you have for breakfast? Like a smoothie." Unless I'm just chipping in and Sally yeah. contribute yeah. to this discussion because otherwise me and Jack and I are just going to start yeah. talking about things that we know sugar in. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Favourite thing of sugar in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so coming off sugar is a real challenge. You know, what is sugar is a really good have question. Got, yeah, have you got any patience with that as an example? As an example, like, example. like struggle. I think they all struggle to come off sugar okay. because it's such an inherent part of our culture now and how we eat. So, yes, yeah, sugar isn't just the white stuff that we add to our tea. I, you know, I have the same yeah. thing. People go, oh, I don't have any sugar. I gave it up in my tea years ago. And yet, yeah, they're still having muffins and biscuits and bread and pasta. And so, yes, yeah, so, so sugar, you've got your white stuff you add in your tea. You've got hidden sugars within food. So, you know, your Costa blueberry muffins got 10 teaspoons of sugar in and, you know, your yeah, 300 mils of um, orange juice. Again, I think it's got about 10 teaspoons. Your Monster Energy drink has got 28 teaspoons. And actually the, and the issue with sugar is, you know, the recommendations are six teaspoons for a woman, seven teaspoons for a man. That's the maximum because once we get above that, sugar is toxic. Um, it damages our DNA. It damages our body. Our body has an incredible way of regulating our sugars. Um, but, and when, and it gets so sick of it, we actually end up with this thing called insulin resistance, which is wreaking havoc on um, the health of our nation. So you've got, you know, you, you added sugar, you've got your hidden sugars, but also you've got things like refined flour. So, you know, anything you make from flour, so your bread and your pasta and and what have you it doesn't matter what that is whether it's rice rice wheat or what have you but as soon as you eat that that turns into sugar too so you, we've got this massive sugar load in our diet and the way we eat and it is having a catastrophic effect on the health of our nation and the health of our children um, and so we do need to think how we eat well now one of the 
it ways to eat well is is that you don't have to be hungry on a low sugar diet like fat fills you up sugar doesn't that's why you know you can eat packets and packets of biscuits and never really feel full because it's not giving you those um, full hormones that tell you you're full so actually eating positively is one of the best ways to get off sugar so planning your food where every meal have you got some fat in it you know well sourced fat whether that's um, you know, uh, when well-sourced animal fat or ghee or olive oil or um, coconut oil. Um, so you, have you got some fat in your meal? Have you got some protein? So protein gets released a lot slower. Be careful, protein gets changed to sugar. So these guys that are on these huge high-protein diets, you know, through a process of gluconeogenesis, we make sugar from it. So once your body's had enough. Um, but making sure you've got some protein, um, you know, on your plate. And then switching to whole grains, so whole grain rice. If it's in a flour form, it's still sugar. But when it's still in the natural grains, so your quinoa, your buckwheat, your teff, your... Um, you know your whole grain rice that's a slow release sugar and that releases slowly into your body and when you eat like that you won't get the cravings that you have um, for sugar just to stop eating it is just a nightmare because you will crave it like you're we could even start talking about our microbiome and how that makes us crave sugar. So it, we, we do have to eat very positively. So, and then when you want something sweet, is training yourself onto dark chocolate, anything over 70%, like um, cocoa is one of the most nutrient-dense um, foods on the planet. It is wonderful. I get my patients positively eating it every day. Um, and, um, you know, drinking plenty... If you have a sugar craving, a quick fix can be coconut oil, just having a teaspoon of it. Um, it bypasses the liver, so it doesn't have to get chain, um, um, changed by the liver. It gets absorbed immediately. It's a ketone. It will give you a quick fix. So um, some little things like that. Be, it, to get off it, you have to plan to be eating other stuff. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I do say, like, when you do want to eat something like that, eat it with a meal. So your piece of cake in the middle of the afternoon is going to have a completely different effect yes you mentioned you. this last time yeah, yeah that than when we have it than when you have it with some food so again it's sort of you know being um, savvy and wise about when you're eating um sugar and then you know for me my kids we try and stay pretty sugar free for most of the week on a friday you'll find my daughter baking brownies and we'll yeah. have ice cream and we'll because it's more yeah. than just but i still think there's a difference between well if you do if you do some baking you make something together with your family you're adding in yeah. that connection so you're adding in something additionally to yeah. sort of buying a bag of cookies from a shop that you haven't controlled what ingredients are in them either and just yeah. sort of smashing them um rather than surely making something from home where you've dictated how much sugar you're putting in, you're literally seeing it. Yeah. That I think there's a great sort of um, benefit benefit to that. And you it's know, you're really educational as well. In. And for your kids to see, like, oh my goodness, that cake has got a half a kilo of sugar in mm. it. Like, they yeah. are And you probably away. haven't got a load of E-numbers in your cupboard that no, you're going to exactly. put in. Do you know what I mean? So the, yeah. the types of Lots things that are going to go in no are going to be a little bit more... Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, I haven't got a jar of like uh, modified cocoa and uh, glucose syrup or yeah. whatever like in my cupboard, so it's not going in. But that's the, that's an interesting point because if you start actually looking at food, then the food companies—I don't know if they're in, like in, uh, 
I've lost my words what I wanted to say um, they, they're doing it on purpose but sugar can come in a number of different forms so we might find it, we doesn't say sugar on the ingredients list but we might say dextrose or, or maltodextrin or fructose yeah. or glucose yeah. syrup yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever so those are all sugars it's yeah. a simple sugar yeah. but just a slightly different no. form and therefore a different name and so probably if you go a and buy like form. a yeah. well yeah, yeah. Well, if, you if you're a manufacturing thing it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a cost analysis intentionally was a word I was looking for before yeah. however um, but even if you go and buy what looks like a fairly hearty soup off the supermarket shelf chances are it's actually probably a lot of them have got sugar yes, in so I don't do. want to send people down that neurotic route but just being aware that it's in what might appear to be quite healthy yeah it's also going to have something yeah. to it to a level where we're actually going it's not the same as having a can of monster yeah, yeah. if but it's like got- you, i think the point that you said last time and I reiterated today is that it's all cumulative so just having yeah. an understanding of what it is. it's not to say don't eat it but just yeah. understand that it's accumulation of everything else that you're having which you might want to just yeah. sort of touch yeah. base on yeah and on tim's point if you if you are buying something that does have a label on yeah. like look at it and see like yeah where is sugar on the ingredients list? They list things on the ingredients yeah. list of what's in there most. So if sugar's like the second ingredient, you know yeah. that there's a lot in there. You don't even need to worry necessarily even about the numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah and the sort of, as I'm not a massive fan of the traffic light system. I'm like, look at the ingredients yeah. and you can look at how yeah. many sugars in there. And then say on. that, um, so your sweeteners, your artificial sweeteners are uh, uh, really bad for you too. So again, they aren't shown to drive this issue with insulin resistance, which is one of the mechanisms of a lot of common... Um, modern disease we're seeing so you, people could think well I'm having my diet coke and it's got no calories well it's not about calories you it's know, also it, made in the lab right yeah artificial sweeteners <laughs> there right. it is so natural sweeteners like alcoholic sugars and stevia and um, you know monk fruit and you know your date syrup like they're still going to have that sugar effect even, it, even the coke I don't think they stopped doing it but they brought out a coke that was like the stevia in it the label was green, so I just assumed that that was uh, healthy because it was a green label, right? <laughs> That's a sarcastic comment. <laughs> um, just, so, for one, so it was Paul that had asked the question originally about reducing sugar. Something I'd probably uh, always think about, and it came up across really well on uh, the podcast we did with Phil Lerner about progressive overload of going like, give yourself a bit of a break and try and do it gradually rather yeah, than absolutely probably because I think what happens a lot of the time is we go right we're going to we get really motivated we're going to do something and depending on your personality type you may be successful for X number of days yeah. but then when the wheels fall off like when Tim has um, milk in his coffee or whatever yeah, to break the fast then it's like the wheels fall off and rather than actually thinking no. about how do I make changes so that I can tick off positive things and feel better about them yeah. rather than thinking about the one time I got it wrong, think yeah. about all the times that be like Absolutely. set yourself up for success. It is. It's, it's around motivation and then that kind of practical, how do I achieve that? So for me, like my kids will end up doing what I do. And I have three girls watching me for the next, you know, sort of 10 years. And, you know, same for you, Tim Lake, your boy will end up doing what you do. And, and it's one of the things that motivate me around wanting to live well, because my gift to them is, you know, their health. And um, yeah. so that's one of the things that motivate me. And then, yes, it's those small measurable steps that make it, that can make change possible. Yeah, and doing it with people, I think just beating on our willpower, it's just over and done yeah. with. Like, well, I think on to- that, you all might, you... Uh, you will you will educate them and well not just children but just people around you 
potentially even more by like how you are doing and what you are doing rather yeah. than necessarily like telling um, what we it. tell them. I know yeah. that happens with me. If I'm if I'm spending all day with Tim and all he's eating is salad, like I'm going to eat salad all day. Whereas yeah. if I'm all day with someone yeah, else yeah. that's like, oh, should we go and get a burger? I'll be like, no, yeah, I could have a burger. <laughs> like two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there's think, a whole thing called sociogenomics with that where it looks at your, you know, basically, I can't, I'm going to misquote it, but things like, you know, if you're, so many friends are obese, you're 40%, 40% more likely to be obese and just yeah. all of these kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, effects of socially what's around us and how that's going to change how we live and so we might need a new set of friends. Yeah, but I can't reiterate enough how important it is to... Um, do find out what works for you because just what yeah. works for like one person that might Absolutely. be your you know your healthiest fittest friend um, and sometimes actually like the people that we perceive to be yeah. the fittest and healthiest because they're really good at exercise or training they might not actually they might have some yeah. stuff going on 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 the inside but that whatever it is uh, that that might not work for you and so find yeah. out finding out what works for you I can't reiterate yeah. that enough I think there's a couple of things just for me and then we could probably move on to the next um, part of the discussion but like the, the shake that I talked about before it's got spirulina in it and the spirulina will send everything pond water green but if I'm drinking it around the house and Jack sees me drink it he's like can I have some and I give yeah. it to him because I, I, and he doesn't think that it's weird to drink something that looks like pond water <laughs> so it's like educating him and he, and he, he looks at it and he comes up and he's got a big green moustache he's like that's nice <laughs> I'm like well that's cool Cool, you know, we're doing something you want to try it with that banana in some I, I told him that <laughs> yeah. I said this first lesson some spirulina and bran- banana <laughs> match made in heaven and the other thing I'm just replacing sugar or getting off it um, I think it's just having a few things you can eat at that sort of time of day when you would normally yeah. want to go for something so for example for me and Sally you can tell me if I'm wrong on these things but oats with like a grated apple and some cinnamon in it like yeah. goes down pretty well we do quite a lot with like nut butters yeah. and just mixing them up into like when well, we make protein balls you've got some powdered parts, it binds it all together coconut flour I find is a really nice like sweet or desiccated or, or like just coconut mm-hmm. chips and start that's where those jars come in for me I'm going to just start chucking stuff in a bowl mixing a few things together making almost like a paste out of it and it's yeah. just amazing like and you're getting loads of like high nutrient stuff yeah. but yeah. I've got this pretty much minimal amount I know there's going to be sugar in the coconut yeah. but it's very different to reaching yeah. for a, yeah. a, a Snickers or something yeah and the size and the quantity the amount of yeah. the whole thing having or even the little bit of thing that you're having and we, um, do you know it. the other thing we haven't touched on though is, is why do we you know comfort eat and why yeah. you know because actually we now yeah. understand that when we comfort eat it releases something called dopamine which is your reward system and it makes you feel good and so if you don't start addressing some of the why you're doing it and you're doing it because life's crap and you're stressed and and you know you can batter you know bang on your will as long as you like to try and get off sugar but if you're not replacing that sense of reward like we are wired and uh, to seek pleasure and um and to seek reward so if we're not finding it you know somewhere else then we won't break that habit so you know food it's the same with any addiction food addiction you know our tv our phones our you know drugs alcohol it's the same mechanism this kind of it releases this this um these hormones that make us feel good about ourselves so we need to also think about well okay, why am I eating? Why am I standing in front of the fridge at the moment just helping myself at 11 o'clock at night? Oh, it's because I've had a row with because so because you've so. had some plum tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and you've not had anything but water for two days. But yeah, so so it is that whole package, isn't it? It's that whole yeah. thing, thinking about these things. My, um, my sweet treat that I think of myself in my head has been not that bad, partly because I don't have 
loads of it when I have it, but frozen banana. So, so, it's like banana ice cream. Banana ice cream. If you have not had a few, and like chop it up, put it in chopped up, so then when you, when you get it out and you literally just, just straight in and mix it with some few bits and pieces that, or predominantly try and put things that are like fatty with it to try yeah. and like, as you said before about sewing it down. But the, and someone can say, well, Jack, there's sugar in that, that banana. Yeah. But I'm not even having a whole banana. I'm having probably about a third of it. Yeah. Um, but the sensation that I get from it gives me that like yeah. that fix um, and I'll have it at the yeah. end after a proper meal so it's we've got yeah. those did you talk about your, um, your special your special dessert that you got a little bit attached to just over the summer yeah that involved um, what was that involved there? frozen ice cream frozen ice cream or ice cream so frozen banana uh, and clotted clotted cream and then with any an other little naughty bits. And an athlete biscuit on top, otherwise known as, oh, yeah. as an oat cake. An athlete biscuit, yes, an oat cake. Bro- oat cake broken. I love crunchy things. Like, I love anything with, like, crunch in desserts. So it's granola. Um, yeah, like, why not? Um, but even that sort of stuff, you make granola at home, it's so date. easy. One date. One date. <sighs> date and from, uh, from Bah Bahrain. Mm. I've got a friend out in Bahrain, and... Um, I don't think they smuggled it illegally like your um, can you bring stuff you can bring stuff back from countries can't you I don't know if it's technically a seed not drugs you can bring (laughs) (laughs) but you can bring like a box of dates back from holiday can't you I don't sure you can move on move on I'm worried I'm going to get ping next time I come through customs just you don't know I'm (laughs) travelling Go on, we've got one big one we need to get on. Yeah, no, because we're almost so at an hour already, so talked, we need to get there. We've talked uh, fasting, yes. we've talked keto, um, yeah. and, you know, there's some, like, intermittent fasting within fasting as being, and keto being quite popular at the moment. The other big one is um, vegan diet. Um, and so we wanted to um, ask about that, Sally. Did anyone, this, I don't know if the microphone the picked up the deep breath that Sally <laughs> just took then. Um... Yeah, I guess it's the same question a little bit like with it, like the pros and cons of, because I think one of the things that you mentioned in part one, again, like that people can listen to and it comes in there, that if we are, um, if we just take for, for the vegan side of things, if we just look at it from a um, health and nutritional side of things rather than the, the ethical side of things, that's a completely different, yeah. um, completely different topic yeah. um, that... Yeah you can do, like anything you can do it in in different ways that we one of the most important things about having like not having sugar not having processed foods so that we're trying to eat naturally we talked about a lot about that in part one yeah um and i think it's like is it uh, it's oreos that are vegan aren't they i think <laughs> that's right so i'm sure an oreo is vegan yeah. it's been a long reason. time since i looked in oreo box yeah. and um but they'll put that on it because now it's like yes. a, because we uh, we potentially some if we're when we're not, when we don't fully understand something, we then yeah. might be led to believe that like this label is healthier. Yeah. Um, so we can do things in in, in yeah. health ways. If you are um, eating vegan from a perspective of you're probably going to have it be having like a lot of um, vegetables and a lot of all those good things that you talked about that yeah. aren't processed. So like that surely's yeah. got to be um, yeah. a, a benefit. So yeah. Any like just benefit yeah. wise, and then things that obviously might be missing yeah. from because you can only get them from animal products. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, so veganism, I mean, is an ideology, almost like a religion for has some Has it people. been around a long time? A long time, It, it yes. has, but it, so why, where has it grown in popularity? I, I am not the expert. You're going to have to get somebody else in on that. So, um, and but we do have this very popular move towards veganism as yeah. it being a healthy um, choice in terms yeah. of eating. Well, I know we um, said we weren't going to talk about that, the ethical side of things, but I think one yeah. of the rises on it is because we are, as a society, a lot more... 
uh, aware of the impact yeah. on our on the environment and, yes. and and that side of things that you know in yeah. a very I'd say I'd say in a, in a positive way we are more aware of that yes um, which are. must be partly due to the, the growth yeah. in it yeah so but if we just focus on a nutritional point of view like um there are there are a lot of vegan junk food so it doesn't matter whether it's meat junk food or vegan junk food there's a lot of stuff on the market that's high in trans fats high in refined flour high in sugar um and so just because it's got the vegan label doesn't mean that it's healthy um i think to get all of your nutrition through a vegan diet you you can do it possibly um but you have to work really really hard you need to understand what's in your food you need to understand the nutrient content you need to understand what your nutrient nutritional needs are um and um so i think it is possible possibly with some supplementation to get everything um that you need um and for vegans who are cooking at home and it's whole food and it's you know very vegetable based and legumes and nuts and seeds and what have you then great um but for a lot of people who are living convenient lives they they aren't able to do that and therefore relying on processed foods again which is an issue so I have real concerns about how people oh I have vegan patients yeah I have to find one yet that hasn't got really significant mal um nutritional deficiencies um so what would be one of the uh, you said that but like you might have to use supplementation yeah, so what would that B12, be B12 so you get that from seafood and meat and um so you can't get it from anywhere else uh, other than a supplement as in. and you can get it from eggs so but for a vegan um I, I, you might it might be something like sea algae I, again i always when i have my okay. vegan patients i have to work really hard i have to really go and have a look and and i'm learning so much from them and it's it's been a real education for me and i'm still learning um so but things like b12 choline iron these are often some of the deficiencies that you see um so so i think i think my thing is if you're thinking how to be healthy um i wouldn't advise ever ever somebody to go on a vegan diet just from a nutritional point of view but it's so much more than that and i would hate to offend anybody because i I know it's it's more than that um you know my you know my the best diet i would recommend people almost is take veganism and uh, this probably offend but add some liver and some seafood and you've got probably one of the best diets going the other thing with veganism is that i meet vegans and they have a really high carbohydrate diet because they're hungry so they're eating a lot of you know bread and pasta and um you know again from these refined flours which we know again is 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 um you know perpetuating this issue with insulin and insulin resistance which i've said again and again is one of the mechanisms of modern disease so so i think it's uh uh, but 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 you know to end you can do it if you're really educated and and maybe with a little bit of supplements and the other thing that often they're deficient of is epa and dha which is an omega-3 now you can your body can make it from things like flaxseed um but it's a very slow pathway so you only make about 10 percent of epa and dha from um sort of vegan sources so you really have to think um to be intentional that you're getting those um yeah. kind of polyunsaturated fats whereas um other others others of us would get it from oily fish so which is a lot easier in terms of the body to access so yeah. um i think you know if, if you if you're just seeking for a healthy way to live then um 
you know, I would go plant-based. Um, I would take out some of the refined carbohydrates and just keep whole grains in there. And then I would go for grass-fed meat. And then we could get yeah. into the whole argument around, you know, the, you know, the ethical side of why people wouldn't um, and the environmental side about yeah. why people choose not to eat meat. But we do yeah. have to remember that vegetables and crops are significantly... Um, you know, ruining our topsoil. The UN said in May, was it, that we've only got 60 harvests left before we have no topsoil. So for people to say that animals are ruining, um, you know, the environment is is a little bit short-sighted because actually it's how we're growing our crops also. So um, I, I think... Yeah, I guess I kind of think it's more than yeah, more than one thing. Before we go down that is. rabbit yeah, hole, like, no. I wanted to just reiterate one point around... Um, because we are like, you know, like you said, don't want to offend anybody because everyone's got their different views and, and different reasons. But for any of these topics that we've discussed, like whether it was in fasting, whether it was in keto, and now it's, we, we started touching on vegan, um, at no point are we trying to say like one thing is right and one thing is, is wrong. We're trying to yeah. um, help help increase our awareness and understanding so yeah. that everyone can start to yeah. experiment with and make their own decisions yeah. about what they're, what they're wanting Absolutely. to, to and do. Absolutely. And so if you go into veganism, you need to get really switched on about what your nutritional needs are and, and what yeah. is and in the food. I think being aware of the things that you might be lacking and yeah, therefore absolutely. working with someone that can make sure yeah. that you are yeah and there I've, are there are vegan supplements that you can yeah. get to help and compensate I know, for some of those I'm, things i know um i've spoken to plenty of people that are that have, have been vegan diets and and yeah. you know they they love it yeah. um and like you say sometimes it's for from a, they feel better from a nutritional point of view yeah. other times it's from the ethical point of view um and i think just want like we wanted to talk about that as a topic because like I said it's popular and just making sure that there there are some things that we that it's really important that we we are aware of mm. we, we often answer training questions in, in a not in a similar same way but similar in terms of the answer often comes back as it depends so should I do x y and z for my training well it depends mm. it's just with a training science perspective it might often go to it depends how many days a week you're going to train it depends what adaptation you're looking for I think this kind of draws back to well it depends on what your worldview is around how you're going to eat what your medical sort mm -hmm. of requirements are what your nutritional requirements are what all those sorts of things it very much comes down then to a personal preference of how you want to go about these things but yeah. understanding what these key pillars and principles are yeah base that around or base your, your lifestyle your, your nutritional habits around those things and, and like I say, if you, if, you want to, if you want to go down and start a vegan diet, well, the number one thing that you're suggesting is educate yourself Absolutely. as to how you're going to make Do sure that you're getting well. everything you need. It's not that it's not going to work for you. It might be the best thing in the world for you based on all of that conversation, yeah. but just understand what you're doing. Don't just blindly go into it and just start picking vegan labelled boxes yeah. off the shelf as do meat eaters need to get educated exactly, yeah. about yeah. nutrition well, you, so, spoke, you, you mentioned there about you said yeah. grass-fed beef yeah. if we if we go if we shift gears a little bit towards like some take-home messages and things that people can do yeah that is a more a bit about choices so i can yeah. choose yeah. where i buy my meat from yes. okay there's a cost implication of that uh, but I can choose the things that I that I buy. You mentioned liver before, yeah. um, as well. And before we went on air, you were talking about um, like the best foods you could eat, and chocolate was at was <laughs> one the, of them. Yeah, was, was at the top of there. Can we like can we get just like go into why? So let's just do. I'll do them one at a time. So first one, like grass fed meat. Yeah. yeah. If someone is meat eating compared yes. to non, like yes. difference and why. 
Um, so one, the impact on the environment. So you can look at it from an environmental point of view. Grass-fed um, farming is better for the environment. But nutritionally, um, it's very different. So your, your fatty acid profile is very different in a grass-fed meat. It has all these wonderful anti-inflammatory fats, where if you look at grain-fed commercially reared animals, you've got higher inflammatory fats. If you look at the nutrient density in the studies, um, grass-fed meat tends to be more nutrient dense. And then often grass-fed meat uh, that would be associated with organic farming. And so you've got less chemicals going into that animal, less antibiotics going into that animal. Um, so you, so it's just, that's why you can't look at these meat studies and say meat's bad because you've got your burger from McDonald's. Well, I mean, not McDonald's, I don't know, but you've got your burger, you know, with your grass-fed steak eater all on the same study and said that you cannot conclude from those studies that meat is bad. Um, so yes, and then liver and all of that that offal is so nutrient dense, like it's often cheap. Yeah, and it's cheap. And actually, so the fatty cuts of meat when you go for grass-fed meat, you know, we say it's expensive, but those fatty cuts, which are really rich in these wonderful anti-inflammatory fats, are the cheap cuts. Yeah. So you don't have to go really expensive. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yes, yeah, so liver and grass-fed meat, and it's not that long ago that fat had that stigma that then people was thinking that they shouldn't be eating yes. high fat meat. So that's probably a little shift in, yeah. in mindset slightly. Uh, but you definitely, with fat, it needs to come from grass-fed animals. So your butter needs to be grass-fed in, in, in terms of getting those benefits. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you get the same benefits from just commercial fat um, because it's full of toxins. So. And then chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Chocolate was on that so list. cocoa is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. Just so should we talk cocoa rather than chocolate? Well, because no, because actually anything over 70%. Okay. Yeah, as soon as we start adding palm oil and sugar and dairy and we lose all of that, we lose the benefit. Yeah. So um, anything over 70%. Um, has wonderful, powerful antioxidants, um, and would lots you, of good and would nutrients. would we say that higher, the better? In yes, terms of yes, the purer, the better. Yeah. Um, We're still definitely. looking for a chocolate sponsor, aren't we, Jacko? Yeah. If anyone's listening who wants to sponsor us, <laughs> I'm very much enjoying 95. And I'm going to say it, and people could bash me for it, because it's, it's uh, I'm just going to say it, lint. Um, the 95% lint yeah, on offer I'm sorry, but France, I'm always co-op. Go for the 80% yeah. co-op one. The good. fruit well, in it is if you want value for money. <laughs> value for money, 85% Aldi, Motheros. Do you know what? Well, now we're also talking chocolate. My treat, because it's 70, oh. and it's a little bit lower than what I would normally go for. It's borderline. Is it That's why it's a treat. It's the Montezuma's oh, yeah. salt sea dog, I think it's called. It's lime oh. and sea salt. And it, it, Corin hates it. I'm like, it is brilliant. But it's 70, so don't buy it. Because I'll, I'll go, I'm, I'm 100. I'll go 100. Yeah. But at the 95 I've got, is... I've got some, 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 well, I say I, the, the wife, has got um, the 100% um, chocolate buttons. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, before you've got to the point of being able to be comfortable with 100%, you think 100%. those bad boys are normal... <laughs> chocolate buttons and you get a bit of a surprise yeah but those with a little bit of coconut oil like you said before or ginger <laughs> then with a little bit of ginger different level and the other one say you mentioned before is around seafood particularly yeah. sort of beneficial from a nutritional perspective yeah, absolutely so you know your mussels and cockles and um all of those things really nutrient dense what about if it's mussels in a white wine sauce with a <laughs> <made> of bread <laughs> not so good but on holiday in a nice relaxing environment with oh, a loved definitely. one yeah. yeah exactly yeah with a nice view and a glass of organic wine now 
speaking of opening up something slightly my last question past um just the nitty-gritty of what something uh what we're eating something and i have to this is this is from um, mark great c or oh, is fit you dot fitness on instagram um because he's actually got a voice message okay. from him, so we're going to be able to hear it um if i if i if this is working correctly Hi, Dr. Sully. My question is, um, I've read a, a book called you, you Are the Placebo, and um, I've been going for a bit of injury rehab recently. Um, do you think it is possible to meditate and sort of heal yourself from the inside out by um, using meditation almost in like um, when um, you're doing it, sorry, for example, for the ones that I've listened to, when they're actually looking in particular you can scan your body parts like in your mind do you do you believe that's a possibility um be interesting to know your thoughts on that thank you my name's um so because we we touched a tiny little bit on a bit about like mindfulness before and you know body i know from from my experience of mindfulness like body scanning being a important um you know part of or not important like a sort of a standard thing that someone might do at the start of a, a mindfulness or meditation yes. practice, like the, the the potential benefits of that. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking around the idea of like being a bit more aware of what our body is, yeah. I guess, rather than, you know, yeah. Mark has got some injury history that he's trying to, yeah. is it a bit of a point where I've spoken to him before, he's, he's gone down a lot of different uh, avenues and he, he can't seem to find the, the answer. So he's looking yeah. at uh, alternative options. Um, <laughs> I mean, mindfulness and meditation, just, again, I wish I'd prepared because I could come with all my um, facts, but but we really understand what's going on neurologically and the impact that it's having on not just our brain health, but our whole body health. And um, so meditation creates this ability um, for your brain to rewire. So it's called neuroplasticity. And um, and so, which means not just while you're meditating, but in other areas of your life, you can retrain your brain um, in terms of behaviors and what have you. So um, meditation could be the real, um, I get all of my patients doing it to, it can be really help in terms of changing behavior and creating new habits. And, and I think also the whole ethos around mindfulness is about being present um, and being connected to yourself and probably the biggest reason that we perpetuate the stress cycle within us is that we're either planning what we need to do next or we're regretting what we've just done and we spend huge amounts of our time either really out of body just um, caught up in thinking that isn't helpful and those toxic thoughts have a biochemical effect on our body and a hormonal effect on our body that can damage us Um, so yes I think mindfulness and meditation have um, huge health benefits and you know maybe next time I'll prepare and help you understand what they are I can't think of the top of my head um now my story is I got injured loads and loads and loads um because I just wasn't listening to body my body and part of me retraining with you those years ago was about listening to body um so and that is just about listening to what your body can do and being present and being in touch with it and respecting it because it's telling you what it can do you just need to listen to it and respect that and understand that fine line around pain that will bring benefit and that pain that's actually going to cause damage which as you become more and more present to yourself like we said around hunger earlier you become more aware and therefore you can um 
you know you you can train better um so I, so i think mindfulness in every aspect of our, our our life just helps us be present helps us suck the joy out of the moment helps us um, know what our body needs because our body will tell you what it needs it yeah, has all yeah. the mechanisms there and 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 if we could just listen to its ancient wisdom and just be in touch with it we would be so much better and i'm sure that's whether you're and training the, or I not training you said last last time about uh, just on that around um that also the body has this amazing ability to regenerate itself and recuperate itself and yeah. recover from you know whatever abuse we've been giving it but we have yeah. to give it the opportunity to to do that but it comes down to obedience as well, doesn't it? To actually listening, yeah. recognizing it, yeah. and then actually being yeah. taking the right action yeah. off the back of it. And not running as fast as the man next to you on the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the yeah, thing, exactly, isn't yeah. it? So I think it takes incredible courage. Um, and so the practice of mindfulness and meditation outside of an exercise setting or work setting or whatever it is, then helps you almost, it's a muscle. It's just that it helps you do that in whether you're at work, whether you're training, whether you're with your kids, just constantly helping us to be present to what's going on in our bodies and what's going on around yeah. us. I think one of the great things about the... Um the sort of rise of things like mindfulness and yeah. sort of using the words of mindfulness and meditation whereas maybe like 10 years ago or so like if someone said yeah. meditation we only ever thought of like om and it was just like weird whereas yeah. now it's um, but now we more, understand what's going on in people's yeah. brains so meditators have smaller amygdalas which is your stress center so and you can actually shrink that through meditations so, and so you know the, i think it, we've made it less weird though as well yeah. so that people will like i've i do not, not necessarily every day but probably should do but yeah we've we've done stuff me me and my wife together because of as you say that the the benefits that it's been shown like yeah. proven to do and some of the stuff it, it is mind-boggling some of the research that says yes. like this is going to affect it and it is yeah. it feels a bit but there's like you can read the papers yourself and, yeah. and, and find out um and the fact that it's not sort of seen as this like weird thing now that only say like yeah. you know, monks meditating is the only t whereas yeah. that's how I used to view it yeah. a number of different years ago. And uh, so I use Headspace um, yeah, great with app. Andy Puddicum, um, which you can get download for free. Um, you know, the ten days free. Yeah, I think, the first ten it? days are free. And again, you start with two or three minutes, and you yeah. build up to your five ten minutes a day. And that is a great one for not feeling weird. He's. It is brilliant. I didn't realise that it's his voice. He's the actual yeah, guy yeah. that started. I'm like. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Cool. He's got he's got this really Calming yeah, non and in a non weird yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, so that's a great resource to start with if somebody wants to get into sort of mindful meditation. Yeah. That's Headspace. So you can search Headspace on yeah. Google or yeah. Yeah. On your, uh, the other one is a, an author that I like. A guy called Ryan Holiday has just released a book called Stillness Is the Key. I haven't read it yet because it's literally just come out. But having read his other work before, I'm excited to read that one. And he's talking very much around this of just going, we've lost this ability to just sit still. and be still yeah. and understand what's going on around us so it's definitely yeah. that's one for my holiday I'm going to try and read that over Christmas when we holiday go away holiday on holiday well yeah. is it surname holiday did you say yeah I'm trying to read a book with a two year old um, on holidays so I've got a little Maybe girl pick I an easier to one for Jack. school I was going to say we have gone on yeah. a long time today <laughs> well, there is, let's wrap it up so thank you everybody uh, for listening for all the questions that came in um, Sally where can they find you if they've got any uh, follow up so questions they Dr. want to drsallybell.com and then on Instagram and Facebook it's Bell. so you can find me there so, there's quite a bit of free resources on my website as well if people look under the resource section and so have a look yeah so do go over and check out Sally on Instagram and on her website as well as listen to part one if you haven't done yet um 
other than that, apart from giving us a review on iTunes and all that sort of jazz, Tim, what would you say? Until next time. Class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. So we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please (laughs) and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed